Welcome to the Public Diplocast, a podcast from the USC Center on Public Diplomacy. We feature experts who discuss both new ideas and enduring challenges in the field of public diplomacy. This episode features a talk by Fedi Shahada, a CPD Advisory Board member and a digital economy expert who serves on the UN's high-level panel on digital cooperation. Fedi shared his thoughts at a recent event co-hosted by CPD and the Embassy of Sweden in Washington. The event focused on multi-stakeholder diplomacy in the digital age, where governments, the private sector, and citizens must constantly find new ways to get along. Here's what he had to say. If you open any newspaper, any morning, uh, any magazine, any media source, you will hear about the impact of digital in our lives. I jokingly say that cyberspace is dead because there is no such separate space anymore. All space has been permeated by the cyber revolution and the power of the internet. This is a fact. Um, Today we have about 25 to 30 billion things that talk to the internet. By 2030, estimates go anywhere from one and a half trillion to some people saying even up to 50 trillion things will be connected to the internet. And that means if you look around you in your room today, there may be two, 3,000 things talking to the internet. You could multiply that by maybe a thousand uh, within 10 years. That means my eyes, my pacemaker, Uh, possibly other parts of my uh, physical being, uh, my surroundings, the physical infrastructure around us, a lot of things will be connected to this network. I don't think we're well prepared for that advent, but it is going to happen. Every biological and physical infrastructure will be permeated by the digital fabric. When all of this happens, and I don't think it's far, I see it in a lot of the innovation I witness every day as an entrepreneur and an AI uh, person from the 80s, uh, I'll tell you that it is upon us. And we just heard from the Pew Research Center earlier in the year in Davos, we heard also from uh, Richard Edelman, uh, from Edelman Communications with the Trust Barometer. I think, Uh, Jacob from Pew must have used the word trust at least 20 times. It's about trust now, and I think trust is diminishing. In fact, uh, the trust barometer of Edelman shows that trust in the digital world has started dipping seriously in the last two years, and that trend does not look good right now. Let's flip this coin just for a minute before I get into how diplomacy and governance could help us there. Many of you have traveled like me around the world. And whilst we in the developing world, uh, in the developed world can sit and talk about the lack of trust and the issues we deal with every day, let me tell you that in many parts of the world, digital has brought the standard of living up in ways we could have never imagined. Some of the applications that we all talk about in East Africa have, according to a UN official, improved the lives of women in East Africa by spades and many, many folds more than the entire efforts of the United Nations system 
over the last 50 years. So digital improves lives. It enables people to advance, to learn, to be educated. It breaks barriers. It does a lot of good things. And I don't need to preach this to all of you in this room. But somehow, we must find a new world, a new cooperation in this world, to ensure that digital remains a force for good and that where it can be used as a force to really bring down our society and our economy, that these forces can be harnessed in some way, can be managed in some way. I will show you a slide that I've used before many times. Uh, I'm going to share my screen. Let me know if you can see it. This is a three-layer model that I've used before for several years to describe how we can together cooperate in this new digital world. And I divide the digital world into three layers. The infrastructure layer or the green layer you see at the bottom are all the networks that enable the digital world. Today, uh, some estimates are that we have about 78,000 networks today in the world that make up this layer. Ambassador Sepulveda, who introduced me graciously, was one of the key people who over the years have helped shape the governance of that green layer. Uh, that layer is governed by international treaties, uh, by uh, standards that come out from the IETF, the IEEE, the ITU, a UN body. And one would argue, for the sake of today's discussion, that that layer, that infrastructure layer, is relatively well-governed. There are some issues here and there, but in general, it's well-governed. And we have systems to do it. The next layer, the orange or yellow layer, that is called the logical layer, is the one that I had the privilege of uh, looking after for four years when I was the CEO and president of ICANN. That's the layer that makes the 78,000 networks in the green layer and the billions of things connected to them look like one internet. Because there is no one internet. There are thousands of networks and billions of things. But somehow, every day we wake up and if we type www.ibm.com, it never goes to Hewlett-Packard. It always goes to IBM. And it has for the last 30 years. It never fails. And if you did that from South Africa or from Los Angeles or from Washington, D.C., you always get to the same machine that IBM calls IBM.com. That ability is enabled by this orange layer I'm going to simply call the logical layer. That's a layer that was invented by the founders of the Internet, was established as an institution by the U.S. government for the service of the world uh, back in the late 90s. And it became a nonprofit organization that through the leadership uh, of many countries, but especially of uh, President Obama, it became an independent layer governed by the multi-stakeholders that all come together in ICANN and enable that layer. So for the sake of this discussion, I could tell you that that layer, for all practical purposes, is now stably governed by all the stakeholders, governments, businesses, civil society, and it's working well, thank you. Now we come to this blue layer, and this is really where 
I think all of us know we're facing some real issues. So whilst I would argue there are systems of governance and cooperation around the green and orange infrastructure and logical layers, in the economic and societal layer, the one most of us live in, the most of us work in, there are no systems of governance that are working well today. There are very powerful companies that are deploying platforms across this blue layer. You know all of them. There are governments trying to bring some order to this layer, or uh, such as the EU uh, with their GDPR uh, proposal, which today we heard both Apple and Facebook suggesting we should find some equivalent for in the United States. Uh, there are also citizens that are increasingly active and in trying to find some semblance of cooperation and of their voice being heard in this blue layer. So these are the three key stakeholders in this blue layer. But today, the power between these stakeholders, again, the governments, the businesses, and the citizenry, is not clear, and hence the issue. It used to be that governments, governments had some very clear jurisdictions to function in, and they could set laws and rules. And when things crossed between nations, they went to international organizations to set treaties. The internet was not built around the geopolitical borders that the national and international system built in the 19th and 20th century has set. The internet is a transnational resource. It is not an international resource, and it is never a national resource. Now, governments, as well as international organizations, are trying to make sense of this, Companies that operate platforms are not bound by many of these boundaries. And so this clash is what is causing the need for new mechanism that would constitute a cooperation system, bringing these three stakeholders to agree together on how to solve these issues. This is not easy. It's very difficult. However, unless we together collaborate to find a path forward on how these three constituencies, these three stakeholders can cooperate on the many issues permeating this layer, we have a problem. So with this, I'm going to shift to the high level commission, the high level panel that the secretary general has just formed. The secretary general had asked me last year in November to address the executive board, which is the heads of all the UN uh, agencies in the world to discuss the need for this. And as a result of that, he launched this important high-level panel. The purpose of this panel is to advance the understanding of cooperation and how we're going to go about it between those three stakeholders. And this is very important, despite the fact this is indeed something uh, hosted and organized by uh, our Secretary General at the UN, he has made it very clear in the opening meeting uh, a few weeks ago in New York with our co-chairs, Melinda Gates and Jack Ma, that the UN does not intend to own this or to uh, dictate this, but rather to be a convener enabling all stakeholders, especially business, civil society and the citizenry, to come together with governments and figure out 
how to collaborate. I will leave you with some thoughts of mine on how potentially we could go from here. I do believe that we are very accustomed to highly horizontal systems of collaboration. Those are systems that are built top-down using typical systems that we're used to in the national and international system. As Professor Anne-Marie Slaughter has said uh, in her book, New World Order, and her more recent book on the difference between networks and the chessboard, what we do need today in this networked age are not uh, vertical models, sorry, I misspoke earlier, but rather horizontal networks of cooperation that cut across our vertical systems of governance that we've built in the 20th century. So that people can come together, experts can come together, practitioners can come together and address it at a uh, horizontal level. We need those experts to come together in a way that is distributed, it's not centralized, and that brings the people that need to solve the problems together. Platforms need to be uh, emerging, uh, and we have introduced at the World Economic Forum such a platform. We're now working on introducing a second one that would host those horizontal networks and enable them, because those horizontal networks need a home of sorts. But they must remain bottom-up efforts of experts that solve these issues. And then finally, there has to be some level of coordination between all those networks and all these platforms. Some of us in the community call them networks of networks. Again, loosely coupled, nothing top-down, nothing institutional, just frankly, like this thing we all love called the internet. Highly distributed, loosely coupled. The governance of the internet and the digital space should look like the internet itself. Now, my colleagues at CPD would be, <clears throat> uh, I'd be remiss if I did not bring up the role of diplomacy and public diplomacy in making all of this happen. <clears throat> I do think that diplomacy is no longer the realm of governments. Uh, I was just approached by a major <clears throat> company in Silicon Valley asking me to help them find ambassadors for their company. I've never heard that term used in a, uh, in a corporate setting, but companies are realizing that they need not just lobbyists and public policy folks, they need actual ambassadors that help them practice diplomacy as companies across the world. I think governments need to also deepen their understanding of how to work with companies and platforms. And here I salute the government of Sweden for appointing, appointing the first ambassador to Silicon Valley. And I hope they also would consider soon appointing an ambassador to the Digital Valley here in Los Angeles, where a lot of content is being created, and around the world, where so much is being contributed to the digital lives. But that's what's needed. Governments need to see the transnational world beyond the national borders that their diplomats are trained in. Businesses, especially those that have transnational platforms, need to bring talent that can help them navigate 
the cooperation models and the horizontal models of the future that are not necessarily in the halls of vertical governance they are used to in the UN and other forums. And finally, the citizenry needs to find a way to bring its voice into this cooperation system. And I dare to say that citizens need to use the internet itself to make sure their voice is heard and that they're not left out of the rooms where the powerful businesses and the powerful governments are actually making decisions on the protocols of the future. Digital protocols of the future need to be developed with all three constituencies at the table. And schools, frankly, like CPD, that I deeply value, uh, and I'm a graduate of myself, have offered, continue to offer a good path forward for all of us to learn how to get there. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Public Diplocast, produced by CPD, the world's leading research and training center in the field of public diplomacy. My name is Lisa Rao, and I manage editorial, publications, and multimedia storytelling for CPD. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Public Diplomacy, and make sure to find us on Facebook and LinkedIn. Stay tuned for more episodes featuring the best of CPD's forward-looking thinkers. See you next time.